Hey, what's going on, guys? DK back at you with another video here to break down the 13 game slate on Wednesday. Not really excited for this one. 13 games, in my opinion, is way too much, but do my best to break it down. Uh, if it's your first time watching, I cover content for NFL, NBA, Daily Fantasy Sports, as well as player prop sites like Prize Picks, Underdog, and Parlay Play. Guys, who sponsored the video is Parlay Play. If you guys are not on it, you can use the code DKDFS or the link down below for a $100 deposit match bonus. It's a player prop site. You can go up to 75x your money. They have a lot of different sports. Would highly recommend it and if you do sign up uh using that code or the link you do help support the channel so greatly appreciate that and uh as always if you're looking for more content you can check out my patreon link down below i have more content for daily fantasy sports and more content for player prop stuff all right so the recap of tonight uh well the late games just started early games didn't go great for me i was a bit underweight in the Cavs as opposed to the field i had mitchell and Struess. that game turned into a random massive blowout um a lot of the field you know had uh, the Cavs were very, very chalky as it should have been. You know, Mitchell 75% owned in high stakes. Uh, Struess 75% owned in high stakes. So, um, again, the, the random blowout is – I never – as a as a um, good DFS player, you, you have to never look at the results, right? You you look at, you know, what other players did, and, and uh, there's a lot that goes into it, right? But you can never just look at – what you don't want to do uh, for daily fantasy sports is you don't want to – Look at a result for what a player did on a night and, and, and have that determine, okay, well, that was a good player, not based on how many points. Never, never, ever, ever. There's so many more factors to go into it, right? Ownership, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so I pivoted a couple lower own options. We'll see how that goes, see if we can get me into the cash. Uh, but yeah, the first game was pretty much a dud, a lot of chalk bus everywhere. All right, so let's talk about the slate uh, again. 13 games, so not going to be able to go super, super in-depth on each team. But um, let's start off with Milwaukee. So Milwaukee, uh, Giannis ended the combo is 11K. I think he's a pretty decent spend-up. I don't think he'll be super popular. He's had a bit of a quiet start to the year. There have been a lot of blowouts from Milwaukee. I would expect probably mid-30s mids from him. So I do think Giannis is an interesting spend-up. I'm not going to get to Dame. I'm not going to get to Chris Middleton on a limit unless we get news that the minutes are going way, way up. I kind of have a hard time clicking Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis on the slate. Beasley, I think we're going to find better values than that. So really, outside of Giannis, there's not a ton for me on Milwaukee that I like. For Toronto, I think Siakam's a bit overpriced right now. He's been, you know, at a very quiet start to the year, 9.2K. I'll pass there. Scotty Barnes, I still think is a little bit too cheap. I've been high on him since the start of the year, and he's been smashing, averaging close to 50 fancy points per game. Um, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, I do think he's a bit underpriced. Now, there's some foul risk here for sure, but... Um, yeah, I think Scotty Barnes should be like an 8.5K player and he's 7.8K. So still do like Scotty Barnes. Dennis Schroeder feels priced about right. He's played well, but 6K, you know, that's that's a correct price point. Now, Achua is once again uh, doubtful. So the guys that are going to benefit here, benefit here are going to be Jakob Pertle and Chris Boucher. All right, so Pertle saw a minutes bump last game. He played 28 minutes, uh, one for 30 fantasy points. He's about a fantasy point per minute guy. So I think he's a pretty good play. And then my boy Boucher basically saw the backup uh, center minutes, 3.7K. I think he's interesting. So those are the two guys that benefit. I think they're both a bit too cheap, assuming Achua does not play. And again, Achua is doubtful. OG and Gary Trent are just kind of secondary plays for me. Portland and Toronto, or uh, Portland and Detroit, I should say. This is a game that is very interesting to me. You got two young teams, two not-so-great teams going up against each other. I don't expect a whole lot of defense played, and there's a lot of really cheap guys in Portland. So I actually do like Portland, honestly. I think this game can stay competitive. DeAndre Aiden had a really nice game last game with no Robert Williams, 23 rebounds. I'd say that's a bit of an outlier, but um, still a guy that, you know, again, this Portland team's not great, so I don't hate Aiden. Again, he's going to split center uh, minutes with Robert Williams. Aiden will, uh, you know, most likely get more run than Robert Williams. So, again, I think he's a decent option. 
Uh, but there's just a good amount to like here. Like, I think Jeremy Grant at 6-2 in a revenge spot, you know, he should play a ton if this game stays competitive. I think this will this game will stay competitive. Shane Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon, I think, are probably your best bets overall. Shane Sharp, I, I would assume, plays high 30 minutes. He's got the nice eligibility. Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, I would assume, plays high 20s minutes. Uh, I would say he's probably my favorite of the bunch. And Scoot Henderson is just one of those guys, very wide range of outcomes, right? Um, he had a decent game last game. Didn't have the best shooting game, but did go for 28 and a half fancy points. So, uh, yeah, in my opinion, there's a decent amount to like here for Portland. I don't know if I get to anyone else. I mean, the rookie Kamara, his minutes have been decent, uh, but I don't know if it's necessary to go there on this slate. Now, talking Detroit, so we'll keep eyeing the Jalen Duran news. There could be uh, some value here for sure. If Duran is not able to play, my guess is that you would see Marvin Bagley move into the starting lineup. And then I think James Wiseman would end the rotation and play the backup big at the Flatman price. I think he would be interesting. The issue, uh, or the risk I would say with Wiseman, if there's no Jalen Duran, is the Pistons could choose to go to Isaiah Stewart as the backup five. Like that, I think that would be in the range of outcomes if Jalen Duran is not uh, able to play. Um, but yeah, Kate Cunningham, 8 5, another one of those guys, right? Still a young player. I think he has a wide range of outcomes. We've seen the ceiling from him. A couple games, 51 and 44 fancy points. We've also seen the floor. He is very foul-prone for a guard as well. Um, so Cade, I think, is always a good tournament play. Duran, if he plays, I think is priced about right. Again, if he misses, I would assume Bagley starts. If Marvin Bagley starts at 4K, I think he'd be one of the better values on the slate. So I'd be very interested in Marvin Bagley. I do like a Seward Thompson a lot here. 5.8K, he's going to play low 30s minutes. And I just like that he contributes in a lot of different ways, right? He doesn't need to score the ball. He can, he's a great rebounder. He can get some assists. He can get those blocks and steals. Sign up for a sub-6K Stuart Thompson. Also, Isaiah Stewart, I think, looks pretty good, especially if there's no Dern. I can see him playing a little bit more. So uh, I like a good amount here from Detroit. I think Ivy, Burks, Hayes are all kind of reasonable options, but more so interested in the front court, guys. Or Indiana and Boston, another team where a lot of guys in the injury report here for the Pacers, Halliburton, Matherin, and Jalen Smith. If Halliburton does not play, uh, it's going to be Nemhard and Teacher McConnell the benefit. One of those guys would start, um, but both would see an uptick in minutes. Um, if Matherin is unable to play, you know guys like these other wings like Naismith and Heald and Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin will probably see a little bit more run. If Jalen Smith is unable to go, my guess is you probably would see Isaiah Jackson dusted off and they would play him as the backup five. So uh, a lot of uh, injury news to monitor. This is a relatively early game, though, so we might get this before lock. Uh, but assuming everyone's in, I don't think there's anything that stands out. Also, there is some blowout risk. Uh, anytime a team plays Boston, I think you got to factor in blowout risk. Boston, in my opinion, is the best team right now in the NBA. So you do have to factor that in. Um, but yeah, assuming everyone plays, I mean, you could always take shots in Halliburton and Turner for tournaments. But if everyone's in, there's not really like, there's not a lot to like for the Pacers. If a lot of these guys are out, we can consider, can, can consider some value. But again, you have to factor in that that would increase the chance of a blowout. For Boston, so, I mean, if the game stays competitive, I mean, this team is dominant, right? Tatum, Porzingis, Brown, Holiday, White, I think all look pretty solid. I think if you factor in salary, I don't know, the two guards look pretty good. I think Porzingis is a guy that feels a little bit too cheap if the game stays competitive. But, um, yeah, that is just always something you have to factor in with Boston is potential blowout uh, risk because they are that good. Washington and Atlanta, so this Washington team is really not good, and they trolled last game without Daniel Gafford. They started Kuzma at the five. Um, a lot of people were assuming that uh, Mike Muscala was going to start. Well, Mike Muscala not only did not start, he didn't even play. <laughs> the, the Wizards did not play a big last game. Uh, they ran like Kuzma at the five. They ran Gallinari at the five. They ran Denny Advia at the five. So 
interesting to see if they run that same small ball lineup if Gafford is out against a bigger team. Atlanta is a team with two t- traditional centers in Capella and Okongwu. Um, but yeah, Jordan Poole is a guy that I think a lot of the field is down on. And again, he has a very low floor. Poole, relatively scoring dependent, but he's going to chuck when he's out there. So he is someone that still is playable for tournaments, still someone that can go for 50-plus every single night. Al Kuzma, if he starts at the five, that should boost his floor a bit. Uh, 7.5K, I think he has a bit of a higher floor again than Kuzma. Tyus Jones, you know, pretty safe option as long as the game stays competitive just because he'll have the ball in his hands a decent amount. Uh, Danny Advia and Bilal Koulibaly, uh, these guys will benefit if there's no Daniel Gafford. Um, Koulibaly was a guy that I mentioned that I thought was relatively safe because I said if the game blows out, I think he can play in the blowout, and he did. If you look at the blowout minutes, Koulibaly played in the blowout, so... Um, that is something to note here for the Wizards if you're worried about a blowout. Koulibaly, if he starts again, I think he could still even play in the blowout like he did last game. Don't know if I get to anyone else. Again, we'll keep on the status of Gafford. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to Atlanta. Atlanta, the big news is Trey Young is questionable. Now, if Trey Young does not play, there's two guys, two clear guys to benefit here. It's Jante Murray would be one of the best plays in the slate, and Bogdan Bogdanovich would be way too cheap. I would assume that Bogdan Bogdanovich would start. So those two would become two of the best plays on the slate if Trey Young is out. Great matchup, and without Trey Young, it's a ton of usage to go around. So huge news there. Um, front court and Capella and Okongu both feel a little bit underpriced. Capella at 5'7", Okongu at 3'9". I'm once again high on Jalen Johnson at 5'4". His minutes have slowly been increasing. He started the last couple games, and I think this price is a bit too cheap, especially for the matchup. If you land on DeAndre Hunter or Sadiq Bey, I'm not going to say no, but a bit of a tough time to prioritize those guys on a 13-game slate. Move on to New Orleans and Oklahoma City, and uh, the news to, to monitor here is the status of Brandon Ingram. He is currently questionable. If Brandon Ingram does not play, you see a usage bump for the other main guys, Zion, CJ, and JV. And then you saw Hawkins and Dyson Daniels get a bump in minutes. Hawkins was the guy that started, and also Hawkins played in the blowout. Something to note there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think my favorite overall play here, if Ingram's out, would be CJ. Uh, he was on pace for a huge game last game and then ran a massive blowout to punish the CJ McCollum Sharks. Uh, but yeah, CJ Zion, CJ Zion and, and JV would all look pretty good here. Herb Jones got in massive foul trouble last game, so I wouldn't be too worried about those minutes. If Ingram's back, I think they're all kind of secondary plays here with the main guys for the Pelicans. Again, Hawkins, he started last game. If he starts again, I think he's a decent value, but I would not expect that production again. He did play in the blowout. Our Oklahoma City, so... Uh, SGA 10.4K feels priced about right, but still a guy that has a ceiling. I mean, he's gone for 60 plus in two of the first four games to start the year. Giddy 6.9K. Kind of looks like indifferent on him. Shet is another one of those guys, wide range of outcomes. He was on pace for a huge game last game and then gets in massive foul trouble. Um, but yeah, still a guy that I have some interest in for tournaments. I think my favorite overall play in Oklahoma City would once again be Jalen Williams. Man, he's going to chuck when he's out there. I'm expecting 30-plus minutes from him, and he's at a reasonable price point. Uh, I would rather play Williams over Dort. I don't really know if I get to anyone off the bench. I mean, Isaiah Joe seeing some decent minutes. Case of Walsh sees rotation minutes, as will Jang, but I don't think it's necessary to go there on this slate. Brooklyn and Miami. So Brooklyn's a team I'm high on once again. I know it's you know not necessarily the best matchup, but they're just so shorthanded. No Claxton, no Cam Johnson. You also have Dinwiddie and Dennis Smith Jr. doubtful. So. Um, yeah, this is this seems to be really shorthanded. My guess for the starting lineup is they they shift in um, Lonnie Walker. Now the question is, do they continue with their small ball lineup against a Bama, a Bio, Miami Heat front court? Right. Um, so if they if they continue with the small ball lineup, I think they'll they'll go with 
uh, Cam Thomas, Lonnie Walker, Ben Simmons, Bridges, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, but either way, uh, I think Dayron Sharp is going to have to play some minutes in this game, uh, whether he starts or not. I mean, he went for 24 fantasy points in 10 minutes last game. He is a good point-per-minute guy. I don't think we'd expect 2.5 fantasy points per minute from him, but um, he's interesting. If he starts, I like him a lot more. And then, yeah, Royce O'Neal is going to play big minutes. I mean, this team is just really thin, right? So you're going to get a lot of minutes for these guys. Uh, ben Simmons, I like quite a bit at this price point. I've been high in him the last couple of slates. He's been smashing. Bridges at 8-1, I mean, feels priced about right, but he still has a ceiling. Cam Thomas has played really well to start the year. He's shot the ball really well. Um, if you think he continues to shoot like 60%, 70% from the field, then yeah, he is underpriced. I don't know if he continues to shoot that well, but um, yeah, he'll, he's someone that I, you got to have some interest in. Dorian Finney-Smith, Lonnie Walker, Royce O'Neal, I think all look good as well. I mean, just think, out, think about their rotation, right? If they go with that starting lineup of Bridges, Simmons, Cam Thomas, Lonnie Walker, and Dorian Finney-Smith, and that's five. You're going to see Royce O'Neal play big minutes on the bench at six. You're going to see Dayron Sharp play some minutes on the bench at seven. Well, who else is going to play? They're going to have to dust off probably one of these like end-of-the-bench guys. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know who, who would play, but uh, they're, going to, they're going to give their main guys big minutes here. So, yeah, once again, I am very high in the nets. Moving on to the heat. So, you got Jimmy Butler questionable. Bam out of bio is probable. Caleb Martin, once again, out. Depends on stats for Jimmy. If Jimmy misses, then I'm very high in Hero and Bam and Abayo. You know, these two will lead the uh, the way offensively. Bam's had a bit of a quiet season, but if Brooklyn, especially if they go small, he should be able to dominate against an undersized front court. Um, so, yeah. And if Jimmy's in, I think the main three guys are all kind of reasonable options. If Jimmy's out, then I, I think you can consider Kyle Lowry as well, 5.3K. Again, this team is just not as deep as they were last year, so you should see around 30 minutes from a reasonably priced Lowry. Kevin Love, minutes have kind of been a bit up and down. He is a good point-per-minute guy, even though he's dust at this point in his career. Probably it for me. You do have Josh Richardson back, something to note. That's another body added to the rotation. All right, Cleveland and New York. So we just saw this game tonight. Uh, Cavs are without Garland, Levert, and Allen tonight. We'll see if any of those guys are going to be available for tomorrow. My guess is no since it's back-to-back, but we will see. Uh, they got blown out at home. Now they go on the road. Uh, obviously some blowout risk, but yeah, Mitchell has a very high ceiling. It's just like, you look at this team, if those same guys are out, Mitchell is really the only true playmaker. So gotta like his ceiling. Mobley's been up and down to start the year, but he, his upside goes up without Jared Allen on the court. Uh, Struess, Okoro, Wade, they were all very popular today. They're basically all busts as well. I think the ownership will drop, drop a lot, but yeah, if this game says competitive, like you're going to see big minutes for these Cavs starters. And if you think the game blows out, I mean, you could, you wanted to like take a shot on like an unowned Porter Jr. off the bench or an Amani Bates. Those guys would benefit if the game turns into a massive blowout. Uh, moving on to New York. So New York, nothing really standing out to me. If you land on Randall, Brunson, or Barrett, that's fine. Mitchell Robinson plays up and down, you know, somewhat foul prone, but eh, there's nothing I love here for the Knicks. Denver and Minnesota. Jokic at 12K, I think, is a decent spend up. I think if there's no Kyrie, Luka would be the top overall spend up in the slate, but... Uh, I'm never going to say no to Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, 7.8K. Feels priced about right to me. Gordon, MPJ, KCP. Mm, I don't think there's anything uh, I love here. The secondary plays. I will mention Christian Brown has played very well. Uh, last game, he played 30 minutes too. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go there on this large of a slate, but he is a guy that has played uh, pretty pretty well over the last couple games. Moving on to Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, McDaniel's probable. Uh, and Shake Milton also probable. So expect both those guys in. Anthony Edwards, Carlton Towns. We know this is where the offense is run. Ant at 9-3. Cat at 8-2. 
you know, I think both are basically correctly priced. Maybe Cat's a bit underpriced. Gobert at 6.9K. You know, there's some foul risk going up against Jokic, but he should see low 30s minutes. I think he's an okay option. Conley, slow-mo, feel priced about right. If you think someone in the front court gets in some foul trouble, you can take a shot on my boy Nas Reed, uh, who is a good point-per-minute guy, and he's been averaging mid-20s minutes to start the year at 4.8K. Uh, definitely do have my eye on Nas Reed. And, and like I said, the positive with Nas Reed, too, is he's a guy that, that benefits in a few different ways, right? If Cat gets in foul trouble, Nas Reed's coming in. If Gobert gets in foul trouble, Nas Reed's coming in, right? So if either of the guys in the front court get in some foul trouble, it is Nas Reed that benefits. All right, Charlotte and Houston. So this is a game that I'm pretty high on, right? You got two young teams going up against each other, two teams that don't play a whole lot of defense. Yeah, LaMelo, I think, is a really interesting bounce back candidate here. Uh, Tilted me let the other slate. I had his over fantasy score and just falls out in 22 minutes. Now, they did say that he's still on some sort of a limit, but... I would expect low 30s minutes from him. In a matchup against Houston, I still have some interest in LaMelo Ball. Rogier, 7K. Feels priced about right. Same with Gordon Hayward at 6-2. I think they're, they're okay options. Mark Williams is 5.9K. In a competitive game, I would expect you know high 20s minutes from him. DJ Washington at 5.8. Should see low 30s minutes. I think he's a relatively safe play in a good matchup. The rookie, Brandon Miller, has been getting some good minutes off the bench. Uh, I think he's decent too. His minutes have slowly been ticking up, right? 33, 36 minutes last game. Um, I don't really know if I get to anyone else. I mean, Richards will play the backup five. Mm, mm. Don't think I can stomach like Bayo Maladon on the slate though. Talk about Houston. So Houston's the team I'm pretty high on as well. All the starters are reasonably priced. It's a great matchup. My boy Shingun, 7-7. In a competitive game, I think you should see low 30s mitts from him. It's a really good spot for him, so I like his ceiling. Van Fleet's also in a very good spot. He's been up and down to start the year, 25, 53, and 19 fancy points, but you would think this is a get-right spot against this Hornets team, so I have a good amount of interest in a lot of these uh, Rockets. Jalen Green at 6-1. 38 minutes the last couple games. Now, he is a guy that's relatively scoring dependent, but 38 minutes for Jalen Green. Got to have some interest in him. Jabari Smith at 5.5K. He should see mid-30s minutes. I like basically the whole starting five here for the Rockets. I mean, Dylan Brooks is okay. I would rather get to the other starters, but yeah, there's a good amount to like here. I don't think I get to anyone off the bench, uh, but the main four guys, Shingun, Van Fleet, Green, and Jabari Smith in a great matchup against uh, Charlotte in a game that should stay competitive. Uh, I like a lot here. All right, Chicago and Dallas. So pretty easy to talk about the Bulls. Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch are playable. If you're going to play one on a 13-game slate, I'd prefer whichever one is the lowest owned. None of them really stand out. Kobe White feels priced right. There's just nothing really to love here for the Bulls. Like, a competitive game, yeah, probably one of the big three of Levine, DeRozan, Vooch is going to have a really good game. But trying to figure out which one that is, it's really hard. And especially on a 13 slate, I'm probably just not going to go there. For Dallas, the big news is Kyrie, right? He did not play last game. If he misses, Luka Doncic is your top overall spent up in the slate. Averaging like 75 fantasy points per game. So, and he played 40 minutes last game. So, yeah, hard not to like Luca if Kyrie is out. If Kyrie's out too, Josh Green and Hardaway should see a bit of a minutes and usage bump. Hardaway, I would expect, you know, close to 30 minutes from him. Josh Green, uh, I want to say he played like 34 minutes last game. Um, I think he is a pretty safe value if there's no Kyrie. Grant Williams should see a lot of minutes as well. 4.6K, I think, is a relatively safe value. I kind of have a tough time, though, trusting the rest of this rotation. Um, yeah, you know, Kleba, you got Lively, you got Paul, Derek Jones Jr., and eh, Seth Curry might see some minutes, maybe a little Dante Axum. You saw Hardy dusted off last game without Kyrie. Mm. 
I would say it's Luca, and then some interest in Hardaway, Grant Williams, and Josh Green if there's no Kyrie. All right, Memphis and Utah. So Memphis, they've not been great to start the year, and there's no D Rose here. They're shorthanded. Um, I like both Bain and Triple J. Bain, 8.5K, the one game that I played him, he literally shot one of 10 from the field. Every other game, though, he's been averaging like 45 fantasy points per game. So again, just added to the proof that no one runs worse. Jaron Jackson, I mentioned how and he was chalk the last few slates, and I never liked to play a chalk Jaron Jackson, but I said, okay, no, uh, he's going to be low on this slate. This, this would be the time to buy into Jaron for 50-plus fantasy points. So it depends on his ownership for Jaron Jackson, what I want to do. If he's low-owned, I have a lot more interest. If he's going to be relatively popular, I'm just going to fade because his wide range of outcomes, and that is because he's very, very follow-prone. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think, is a, is a pretty safe play, too. He should see low, low to mid-30s minutes, maybe even a little bit more without Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah, I think he's safe. I think Tillman's pretty safe at 6-2, would expect close to 30 minutes. There's a good amount to like here for the main guys for Memphis. Uh, I think Zaire Williams is also solid value. He's been playing 30-plus minutes a game. So, yeah, the main five guys here, I think, look pretty good. I think you would even have some interest in some of these value plays. Anchar is 4K. David Roddy is 3.8K. I think Luke Kennard uh, sees some decent minutes off the bench at 3.6. But yeah, Memphis is a team that I do like on the slate. Moving on to Utah. I mean, Utah, I think there's some guys that are a bit underpriced. Lloyd Markin at 8.4 feels a little bit too cheap. He's been a little bit up and down as well. 57.30, 57.39 fancy points, but 8.4K. A decent spot. I uh, got to have some interest there. Walker Kessler's been all over the place. Really bad start to the year. And then went for 40 fancy points last game against Denver in a game that you would have you would have expected him to struggle. So a tournament only play for me for Kessler. I think Clarkson it feels a little bit too cheap. Assuming he uh you know plays 30 plus minutes. I, I like his upside. He had a bad bad couple games, last two games, three of ten, two of ten shooting. But Clarkson's a guy that will chuck. Um John Collins has played very well to start the year, and his minutes have been pretty secure too. I think he's pretty safe. THT minutes are kind of up and down. They have a lot of guards on this team. Reasonable. But again, like you, you have like Chris Dunn, you have Keontae George, you have Sexton, Akbachi. They have a lot of guys that they can give minutes to. So I'm just a little bit uneasy. Like I don't feel great. I don't feel super confident in THT getting a lot of minutes. So I will say probably your safest play for Utah would be Markinen or Collins. And then I have some interest in Clarkson for tournaments. Final two games, the Clippers and Lakers. The Clippers game is just tipping off now, so be interested to see what the rotation is tonight. I don't think any of those guys, uh, I don't think like Harden or P.J. Tucker will be available tomorrow. So we'll have a good idea of what the rotation looked like by looking at the game tonight. But um, they started Bones Highland tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, I think are decent options at the top. I think straight up I would prefer Kawhi Leonard to Paul George. I think Bones and Norman Powell are both good values here. Again, I want to see what the minutes, what the final, final minutes are in those two guys, but I would expect good minutes for both those guys. I think Zubach and Plumlee will split the center position. Um, full 48, in my opinion, because they don't really have the small ball centers. And I'm curious to see what the minutes look like for Amir Coffey and Kobe Brown. Those are guys I expect to see rotation minutes tonight, but I'm curious, again, how much exactly they play. All right, the Lakers. Anthony Davis, LeBron James at the top. I prefer AD to LeBron. It's a pretty good spot here for Anthony Davis. 60-plus uh, fans points now the last three games. I would rather play him over uh, LeBron. And then D'Angelo Russell, I've been slamming it at every single slate at low ownership. Finally fade last game, 50 bomb. It's just like, again, right? Adding to the proof. We do in this channel, provide you the proof that there's not one human on this planet Earth that runs worse than me. Again, been so, so high on D'Lo. And again, been taking his over points plus assists, been getting hooked every time. Last two games, I did not take his over points plus assists, easily hits. 
Last game, I finally didn't play him in DFS. 50 bomb. Incredible stuff there. But um, I think he is still a little bit too cheap here in a good matchup. I would prefer D-Lo to Reeves. Reeves has a quiet start to the year. Rui, Reddish on the injury report. Um, Rui, last game, uh, he's doubtful. Uh, you saw Christian Wood see some of those Mets. He saw 26 Mets. The only downside with Wood is he's only center eligible, so it's a bit tough to prioritize him. Um, Prince has been so up and down to start the year. Gabe Vincent's 4.2K. He'll see rotation Mets, but also has been very up and down as well. Final game is Sacramento and Golden State. So we know that De'Aaron Fox is out. No Trey Lyles as well. We also know that Davon Mitchell is going to start. So... Um, Davon Mitchell, I think, is a good value at 4.8K. It's a decent matchup. Now, I will say, we've seen this story before. Last year, there was a lot of games where Davion started and was a massive bust. It'll be interesting to see what the ownership is on him versus Malik Monk. I think both guys benefit without De'Aaron Fox of Monk and Mitchell. I think Mitchell's safer. But Monk is a guy that has a ceiling. And yeah, if you give him 25-plus minutes, he's interesting. Uh, I think Sabonis is a good option at the top, right? He's going to be leaned on a bit more here. Um, now, I think there's a bit of a chance of a blowout here without Deer and Fox. But uh, yeah, my boy Sabonis without Fox, I, I think is a pretty safe player there at the top. Of the wings, Murray, Barnes, and Herter, I think Murray's my preferred option. His minutes have been very secure to start the year. And he should be probably the number two on offense behind Sabonis without Deer and Fox. Uh, again, we talked about the guards. They benefit without Fox, Mitchell, and um, Mitchell and Monk. Don't know if I get to anyone else. I mean, McGee, he'll play the backup five. Like, okay, if you need some salary relief. Uh, Duarte also could see a little bit more run um, here without De'Aaron Fox. And finally, the Golden State Warriors. So, Clay Thompson's probable. Kaminga's questionable. Sarge is probable. Kaminga news is not really huge, in my opinion. As far as the top end guys go, I mean, Steph is always in play for me for tournaments. Gone for 61 and 57 in two of the first four games. So, never going to say no to a low on Steph Curry. I think... You know, Chris Paul would probably be your safest play at 7-3. Would expect close to 30 minutes, but um, yeah, don't love him here. Clay Thompson, Wiggins, both been quiet to start the year. Eh. Wiggins' minutes have also not been great. He's really been struggling. Uh, Draymond is back, so it kind of hurts the front court. Again, there's not a ton that I love for Golden State. So uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up the video, guys. 13 games up, 13 games down. As always, if you do enjoy, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Appreciate it, guys, and we'll see you all in the next video.